Welcome to the Speaking Light into Abortion podcast, where I talk about all the reasons it's possible for you to thrive after your abortion. I'm your host, Amanda Kingsley, and two years after my own abortion, I certified as a life coach so I could serve women after abortion in all the ways they've been deserving and lacking for centuries. Consider this your launchpad for finding strength and community in yourselves and in each other. Okay, another podcasting week, more opportunity to talk about abortion and the narratives out in the world and the stories out in the world and the ideals and unspoken voices. So I connected with today's guest through Instagram. This is the story of many of my podcasts. (laughs) Today's guest is Dana Corner. And we connected through, of course, my Instagram page, where some of you listeners have found me. And her page, which just her, I'll let her explain, but collective page, she's here representing a collective, but her page, which is holistic abortions. And the content that kept put, getting put out on that page just consistent, consistently made me a little melty, a little dreamy, a little, I don't know, I want to take a big sigh of relief, like someone's putting this out in the world. So I reached out and said, let's, are you up for getting on a podcast and just telling the listeners about your mission and your work and what your page, the goal of the page is and the goal of your, what's the future going to look like for you in your vision? So welcome. <laughs> That's well, Thank my- you. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you, I like to have my guests introduce themselves. So why don't you introduce yourself personally and also as a representative of the collective, if you want to do that, and we'll just start there. Okay. Yeah, it sounds great. Yeah. Thank you for the intro. Like Amanda said, my name is Dana. I am an herbalist and I'm also an abortion doula. Mm -hmm. And I found different ways to kind of combine those words. And part of that is definitely looking at abortion from a holistic perspective and taking it out of just this sort of clinical procedure that does not look at the the whole person and the whole system and mm-hmm. all of the range of body systems and emotional systems and social systems that construct how people experience what is is in its essence a medical procedure, but mm-hmm. how to really support someone through that. And I did come into this work after my own clinical abortion And I was doing a lot of fundraising before this for clinics and doing clinic escorts. And so I was definitely involved. And when it came time for my own like termination and I went into this clinic and I just realized one, yes, I was grateful. I was in a state that I didn't have to go in for multiple appointments. And although there were protesters, the way that this clinic was set up, there was quite a large parking lot within a eight foot wall around it. And protesters still stood on top of 10 foot ladders, but you could mostly <laughs> avoid them. Commitment to cause harm. No, this, that, was, <laughs> yeah. I, that was super judgy. Okay, keep going. They're innovative, if nothing oh, less. Um, so 
I, I went in and I had my procedure and I had a support, a friend with me. And I still just found the procedure to be so cold, even though this is what we are fighting for. And we're saying, yes, we all need more access, which is definitely true. And for some people who are maybe more accustomed to working within allopathic or Western medical systems, it just feels, okay, good. I'm in and I'm out and there's no follow-up. And I don't know, I just, afterwards I found myself feeling very alienated from something that I was, had been working on or supporting for years without actually having that experience myself. Mm -hmm. And so I really started connecting with people who were doing, yeah, just more of the full spectrum doula work, midwives who were working with folks and supporting, and then how to start integrating herbs to to work within our womb wellness and our reproductive wellness, but also just supporting the central nervous system and providing lots of different angles on this experience felt really important. And yeah, that's been my focus. That's where I'm hoping to continue to just expand the conversation. I, on, on our page, you won't see any arguments for or against that's not where I'm at. That's not where we're at. We're about pushing people who are already solidly in pro-choice movements, but pro-choice isn't the end of it. It's barely even the beginning. So it's about pushing the conversation. Whoa. That's, I feel like that's, I don't tweet, but if I did, I feel like it's one of those tweetable moments pro-choice isn't the end of the movement. It's barely the beginning. Yeah. And I'm so grateful for all the work of collectives of women of color and sister song and really folks who have been pushing reproductive justice and putting abortion just as this small aspect into, we should just Yeah, we not only deserve the choice of when and how we build our families, but we deserve good prenatal care and we deserve safe Mm -hmm. communities and to raise children and economic security and food security. So all of that is part to do with giving people true options to build their families. So true. So true. Thank you so much for sharing your personal story and what led you here. I don't know a lot. Like I said, I just have been watching the work of the page, the profile mm-hmm. holistic abortions. And there's a period between those two words. Yeah. I'll we'll link to it. But so what does that mean, collective? You are a part of a partnership or a whole group. Is everyone a doula? What's the tell us more about that? Sure. Yeah. Holistic abortion specifically is presently a few of us uh, who are herbalists. And so it is that focus of clinical herbalism in combination with abortion doula support. I, yeah, I got my sort of loss support or my uh, abortion doula training. I received maybe, was it five years ago, I think. And yeah, I started reaching out to other herbalists because that's my my other sort of calling, my passion, and looking for elders and looking for mentors and teachers, and people just did not want to talk about this wow. in the herbalist realm. This was dangerous territory. This is historically they're they're not wrong the herbalists lay healers midwives the 
the grand midwives or granny midwives of the South, they were persecuted when the American Medical Association wanted to put things like birth and death and abortion into clinics. And anyone who was performing these things for communities or in people's homes was one, yeah, they had a whole smear campaign that lasted for a really long time against them. It was a little bit after the period of witch hunts, but they, they still use that sort of witch rhetoric that discredited a lot of these sort of alternative medical modalities and providers. And that sting, that fear is, is still with people and still with herbalists. And it continues to be this sort of quieter conversation. It's starting to shift though. These conversations, these open conversations and online and story sharing. I feel like it is shifting. I was able to teach a webinar at the American Herbalist Guild this year, and we're getting different invites into clinical herbal situations so that we can talk about this openly and without shame. And not if one in three people who are identified as women are having these abortions, that means as clinicians, we are talking to a lot of people who've had this experience. And so to just deny them that history doesn't do anybody any good. Wow. That's really amazing. What, there's a lot of parallels in our, although our work is very different, there's a lot of parallels in things that you've talked about. And I'm curious for you personally, where did that courage Courage might not be the word, so feel free to replace it, but it's the word that's popping up. Where did that courage or that commitment or that determination to step into, when I wrote it down, I quoted dangerous territory. What was it in you that said, I see the fear, I acknowledge the fear, I see the danger, I acknowledge the danger, and this is still so important. I'm going to bring that fear with me or walk through it or whatever it was for you. Mm-hmm. What was that for you? And I know that a lot of my audience and my clients have an interest in breaking through that fear. Again, it's going to be different language for each person, but what was that? For you? Yeah, I'm especially thinking within that, those herbal circles when I started sharing my experience very openly Mm -hmm. I think that I was just I think the word is yeah I think I was just so disappointed with my clinical experience even though it was very unremarkable right it went as exactly as how a clinic would want it to go and I just felt so unseen and unheard and and a lot of the people in my as an herbalist especially I'm seeing a lot of people who are not necessarily turning straight towards western medicines they're looking for a more natural health style or yeah healthy and not turning directly to medications necessarily and so yeah to give them something that is a connection this and I've been playing with different entries and really sussing out these thoughts around how just as much as birth, abortion, and pregnancy loss can be an opening. It's like a thinning of the veil, if you want to use that sort of language. And it can be this beautiful experience. And I've worked with clients that have made it into a beautiful experience instead of this narrative that we're told that it's a traumatic experience or a shameful experience. And I was starting to see that. And I wanted to share that with people. I felt really important that we 
do not need to have those sort of feelings that we're told that we should have around our pregnancy losses and releases and abortion. Yeah, I feel like so much. I had very similar personal experience too. I, I had my abortion after three kids in my late 30s. Not that you shared that part, but I went to my OBGYN. I didn't even go to a, a Planned Parenthood or an abortion clinic. I was super straightforward, easy. I wish everyone could have that experience, but at the same time, the way you speak about it, the disappointment and the, I don't know, the word emptiness keeps coming up. Just just this feeling of we're missing a huge opportunity here to connect and lean in and learn from this experience and to process it and heal from it in ways that are expansive. And not, yeah. not that feeling you're talking about of the unseen, unheard. I don't know about you, but for me, that unseen, unheard place was a little bit lost and confused. And I came from, I came from many years as a doula and midwifery school, and I was deep in women's health. And I still felt just like you're saying, you were out there supporting the right to choose and the right to get access and helping people have their procedures, but until you go through it yourself, you don't really realize how much is missing. And and I think, go ahead. Yeah. I think that's really important of just, we, we deserve to have nuanced conversations around what our experiences look like Mm -hmm. instead of continuously falling into this black and white conversation or language that was really set up by pro-lifers and and folks who are against having choice right like they just wanted to set it up as like a black and white issue and they've really dominated the language that we use and the stories that we tell ourselves through this experience and how the clinical experience looks and yeah I think we were all like speaking out to push clinical experiences further was, got put, it gets pushed back, right? They're like, no, we just need to keep being grateful for this wonderful opportunity or this legal, safe medical option. And yeah, that's just, just not enough. It never was, but now I think that is becoming more clear. It's still like, we're just watching, we're recording this in mid-January and we're just watching the changes in access to taking pills in the medical abortion. And we spend so much time working on the access and the gratitude and the healthcare piece. But the truth is it's all sitting on such delicate territory and can literally just be taken away. So the, if the foundation of the care is not strong, it, it's messy. It's super messy. And so when you're willing to open up conversations about the whole picture and mm-hmm. other opportunities to experience abortion, it's just making the whole thing much wider and more stable, I think. Yeah. Um, I love what you said about abortion being an opening or a veil, a lifting of another, peeling back another layer. Use the word veil. All that language I've used a lot. I feel it's a door that we can walk through and learn so much in such a beautiful way. And it's just been so politicized and so, so emotionally charged that we're missing this enormous opportunity to experience it in a really powerful way. Yeah. I'm 
curious or from your experience, because now it's you've shifted your career and your at least your, yeah your public facing work and your page is dedicated towards these stories of abortion and loss and I've never given live birth and so you often hear a lot of mothers say oh giving birth changed my life it changed everything just as one cannot compare their children but I'm curious to hear any sort of parallels that you may have had with your birthing experience alongside of your really your abortion experience yeah, I think my approach is unique, but in the same sense, it's only unique because there's a lot of people not talking about it, but feeling what I feel in that I, that is a one of my children. I feel like I grew as a mother in the experience. I have a relationship with that event, spirit, soul, baby, whatever you want to call it. I learned as much in that, if not more than I have in birthing and parent conceiving birthing and parenting my other three children I think I I do call it a gift now although it certainly didn't feel that way at the beginning it felt like a nightmare but the unique thing about abortion is that to me in my experience of comparing those those mothering parenting events Mm -hmm. is that abortion was the most loving choice I've made of all my parenting decisions, which people really like to eat me alive for. There's literally pro-life articles written about me for speaking those words, but it took so much love and courage and is such a huge act of motherhood and womanhood to make that choice. And I think we're not, not enough of us are talking about it in that way. I think you're spot on. It was, it was still an experience of mothering and I learned and continue to learn as much from it as I do my seven through 16 year olds. I have a wide age gap of kids and I learn from all of them being the abortion daily. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that answered your question. (laughs) Oh yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. It's and I just I so appreciate your contribution to this page because I do think you're right. There there is more of a shift happening. There is more people willing to step out and speak to these. My this podcast itself is called Speaking Light into Abortion. And to me, it's just there's all these dark places that no one is speaking into. And when we have these conversations, we open it up and make it a little less dark for other people. I feel like that's what the work of your page does. That's what my work, I hope, does. I'm super curious (laughs) because it's not clear to me and it might not be clear to listeners. Are people reaching out to you for holistic abortions, for herbal terminations instead of clinical experience or in combination with, or what is, what exactly (laughs) are you talking to people? (laughs) Sure. So yeah, people have been using herbs for a really long time for terminations and to control their fertility. And 
I do find that because we are herbalists, right? <laughs> and information on the internet is confusing and not really that reliable necessarily mm -hmm. when it comes to herbal only terminations. And so we do get people reaching out to us. I will say, especially with the accessibility of medication that and, and being able to be in the home, I think that people are really feeling this want to connect to their community and be in their comfort spaces and be in their homes as compared to that cold or you use the word empty sort of clinical experience. And they're looking at ways of accessing the spiritual side of this and connecting with plant allies and connecting with their ancestors that have been doing this for a really long time. And often it's more about helping connect folks to that experience. And that might not necessarily be just taking herbs for a pregnancy release on mm -hmm. its own. It could be talking about how to make an herbal bath. It could be supporting with vaginal sits and steams and definitely teas before, during, after, and just giving folks that chance to build this experience in whatever way that they want. And so for me, I think that it's really important to give people all their options, mm -hmm. not just the ones that we've been told are our options, because we actually do have many more available to us. And give that information in a way that is accurate and reliable and gives people a clear picture of what that looks like. We, we counsel on lots of different ways that, that people might want to terminate either in the clinic or at home. Nice. So yeah. a lot of my listeners are coming to this conversation as in my work, my voice in the world after mm -hmm. their abortions. And so it sounds like you are accessible to do some of that plant, herbal, spiritual post work. I've had my experience. I want to heal my womb and reconnect and do that kind of work. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Sometimes we'll see people and it's been years. Sometimes after my own, it's, I won't think about it for a long time. And then it just hits and like, oh, I need to do some more healing around this. And so, yeah, I think people go through such diverse processes and yeah, it can be immediately afterwards. It can be many weeks, months, years afterwards that a healing can still happen and accessing, having access to our plant allies and those sort of energies that they can bring into your body, I think are really helpful. Really nice. Can I ask you a specific question that you don't have, obviously you don't have to answer anything I ask you, but make <laughs> 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 herbal question that I would, I feel like keeps coming to me. Okay. As you were talking about plant allies, the word that I kept hearing was grounding. And I feel like the typical clinical experience, I don't even know, typical is such a weird word because it's so different for so many people, but 
If we just take my experience and what sound was your experience, which is a little cold, a little empty, mostly non-medically eventful, but just blah. So with my experience, and I, a lot of my clients talk to me about this, so much of the process, the events, the immediate time around the termination is up in our heads. We have to make quick decisions. We have to talk to people we've never talked to. We have to decide who we're going to tell about it, decide who we're not going to tell about it, try and hide, try and all the things. It's all up in our head. And it's it's hard in that moment. And this is the work of an abortion doula for sure, but it's hard to drop out of your head and back into your heart, down into the earth. And so my specific question is whether you're listening before, during, or after a a procedure, this transition in your life, what are some good herbs for maybe making a tea or, or even better, something people can access in a grocery store. <laughs> um, <laughs> or you know what I mean? What's the, sure. What are some good grounding tools for people? Yeah. So I definitely think you're right. Part of that people getting stuck in their own heads about what's going on. And there's a lot of logistical things that one has to figure out. And so trying to stay focused. And meanwhile, your body's producing a ton of pregnancy hormones. And yeah, there's a lot happening. And the first thing, of course, with doula work is just sort of validating that. And then I I also, I tend to try and by giving people, I, I try to educate them on what is going on, what their options are, of course, and giving them that knowledge also gives them some power to step back into their body. And part of what is going on just being stuck in the head is there's not great information out there. And then if you just search online, it's all peppered in with misinformation or these crisis pregnancy center sites. And so it can be like really confusing. So I think giving people reliable information and having stories that are just honest stories out there that they can, that I can say, Hey, go check out this page. Mm -hmm. They will tell you what their actual experience was because so many people might not feel comfortable asking their family or their friends. They might not know how they feel about having an abortion. Good information is really important. And Also, so then what you can do before going into the clinic herb wise is give herbs that are safe in pregnancy, even though someone has an appointment to go into a clinic or to, you know, have medication at home or whatever their process is looking like, just so that again, they have all of their options. I'm not, I don't want to be the reason that maybe they feel like they have to do something now because they've taken this herb that's dangerous for a fetus. Herbs that I still go towards when someone is still carrying the pregnancy is oat straw mm-hmm. uh, and red raspberry leaf. Both are really nourishing to the, the uterus. The red raspberry can also help tone the uterus and it might help with pain and cramping during the release. So there's also a a little bit of a physiological impact there. And then the oat straw is also very nourishing and it's soothing towards the central nervous system. Again, just that sort of fraying of the nerves and bringing it back in, into the body. Motherwort is another really beautiful plant to work with and you can use pretty low doses 
the tea is pretty bitter, but you should, most people can find maybe a tincture of motherwort at a grocery store. And you can just take, yeah, a few drops to help recenter. It's a very heart centric herb too. So mm -hmm. it doesn't necessarily ground you all the way into the earth, but it will bring you into that heart space, a nice calm heart space. And then flower essences are really safe and beautiful addition into this process. And especially at this time when I'm still trying to be very cautious with someone and in their pregnant state. Nice. I also, from a food perspective, I'm curious what you think. I feel like it's the time to be eating root vegetables, really just grounding, literally rooted foods, sweet potatoes. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And there we're talking whether you can get to a co-op or just whatever, a big Y. I don't know where people live, but like <laughs> you can get to a conventional grocery store or a more natural food co-op or something. Yeah. Yeah. The root vegetables are really nice warming foods. And also I just your comfort foods. If, yeah. if someone's on, I work with a lot of people who have a lot of food allergies and a lot of, we're all trying to manage our immune systems and that sort of thing. And I tell people just go easy on yourself right now, comforting foods, whether that's a cultural comfort or an ancestral comfort, releases serotonin in your body. Yeah. Your stomach will release serotonin and you, they will make you feel better. And that's just go easy on yourself, have some nourishing foods, take care of, I still, people who are maybe having morning sickness or nausea and having ginger around and ginger chews, and that can be another, just drinking ginger tea throughout the day can help prime the body for a release. It's going to help start bringing blood flow into the uterus. And yeah, bone broths are another really big thing. If that is part of someone's diet, it's having meat products, but very nourishing. It's all the B vitamins and that sort of thing too. Nice. Ginger kept popping into my mind too, an essential oil person in that I know very little and have all kinds of mixed feelings about essential oils, but I feel somebody just told me that ginger was the oil of badass energy, which is what we need as we're navigating this territory. <laughs> sure. But yeah. No equal and I was just say, just go to the ginger root. You know, like, just yeah, no, I was thinking, yeah. just go to the grocery store and pour some boiling water over ginger and lemon. Yeah, make lemon. a decoction. Yeah. <laughs> um, you could actually put that into if someone has the time to make their own bone broth or to add ginger in there. You could also add some astragalus, which I think is a lovely flavor, but then also it's just going to give your body a little bit of an immune boost. They... There is that sort of, if you're having the aspiration abortion, they say you might have an increased chance for infection. So astragalus could help with that. But also I find that the more, the more prevalent thing is that if someone is in a very stressful situation, trying to figure out how they're going to make this appointment work and come up with money and know. you know tell certain people and not tell certain people that's draining to the immune system right. and that could be going on for days or weeks as they get themselves prepped for this and so mm -hmm. any sort of pre-work with I think is really helpful just to support the immune system as you're going through stressful periods beautiful I love it I always close an episode just saying is there anything 
in the course of our conversation or that you came to the call, anything you feel needs to be said, something someone listening might need to hear. This is just an open time to close with whatever's on your mind. Yeah. Thank you for this conversation. Yeah. It's been really nice. I think And I hope that it's helpful for people who are maybe looking for some answers right now. And yeah, I guess my message would just be to to those folks that it can feel like a really isolating time, but it's not something that you have to do alone. And there's support and yeah, please. I I wish them the the ability to connect where they need to and with their loved ones, and then also offer out that abortion doulas, full spectrum doulas are available. We're growing. There's lots of um, Mm -hmm. new folks coming out and new people getting trained. And you might find that there's uh, someone right in your community that can give extra support and that has experience and that can hold you, hold space for you and hold words for you that you might not even know that you need. I love that. Yeah. All right. It was really lovely to talk with you. I'll link to certainly to the Instagram page. Is there anywhere else that would be helpful for me to lead people if they want to reach out to you or to the collective or get more information? Yeah, sure. So if they want to connect on Instagram, that's great. And we also have a Patreon that we're going to be starting to shift some more of these conversions to more data and case studies and more of the sort of clinical herbal support. So if folks are doulas or abortion doulas or herbalists and want to learn more or just want to be able to support yourself and your community, Patreon would be a really great way to also support our work and let us continue to keep plugging away and yeah, doing what we do. Good. Thank you so much and enjoy the afternoon. Yeah, thank you. You do the same. Thanks for listening. And as always, please consider sharing, rating, and reviewing this podcast. It helps me reach a wider audience and invites more people to thrive after abortion. If you're someone who chose abortion and find yourself struggling, hiding, or wishing you could move beyond your experience, head over to my website and book a free call. We'll talk about how you can start living the life you made your choice for.